dear ones. You're listening to the What God Is Not podcast with Father Michael O'Loughlin and Mother Natalia. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to him forever. Are we live on Instagram too? Yeah. Hi, Instagram. Hi, Instagram. All right. Glory to Jesus Christ, Mother. Glory to him forever, Father. Glory to Jesus Christ, audience. Glory to him forever. That was awesome. How many people do you think there are? I'm really bad at estimating. Mother Gabriella will tell you that. 70. 70? 70? Somewhere between 70 and 3,000. They're not listening to me. Okay. Uh, So thank you guys. We're in Cleveland, Ohio, of course. Um, We're in Euclid, Ohio, actually. Precision of language. I'm from LA. Like, it's it's all LA. You're not from LA. You're from Sherman Oaks. Sherman Oaks is LA. Right, Maddie? All right. Sherman Oaks is LA. <laughs> ish. She added an ish. <laughs> <laughs> She's from Santa Clarita, which is actually LA County, but not LA City. Sherman Oaks is LA City I'm and LA County. I'm convinced. You can keep going. Okay. What are you drinking? I'm drinking a Red Bull, <laughs> much to the dismay of Docomos Olivia. This is how I roll. Who brought you these? <laughs> I'm sorry? Who brought you these? I bought these. When? Because I knew you weren't going to bring mine from the monastery. When did you buy them? Dokimos Olivia took me out special when I first got here <laughs> to go buy Red Bulls. When you first got to the church? <laughs> yeah, when I first got to the church. We saw you pull out of the church parking lot and we were like, where, where are they going? Actually, is there a nurse here? Anybody medical? Is this okay? <laughs> <laughs> I have a beer and a Red Bull. I don't know what order to drink We got in. at least one no. Yeah, and the baby. No? Which, which, which one do I drink first? Father Michael. Okay. All right. That's what I'll do. This is going to be interesting. All right. Red Bull first. Cheers. Cheers. All right. We're being a bad influence from the very beginning. All Wait, right. Um, a bad influence. Bad influence. From the very beginning. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this is, this is going out as our 100th episode. So I want to thank you, Mother. For uh, 100, 100 episodes, a year and a half? Um, almost two years. Almost That's two years. four weeks short of two years. I don't do math. <laughs> um, happy 100th episode. Happy 100th. I'm proud to be here with you. Aww. I'm glad to do it with you all this time. I'm scared what's coming. <laughs> yeah. So this is, we were going to just do a big Q&A, which especially since we have such a big audience today. Um, Thank you, Beth. Um, we want, I wanted to do a Q&A to make sure that we're answering questions, but I want to do a little bit of reflection first upon like, what podcasting is, the impact that it has, um, why I think this podcast has been successful. So I looked it up. We're getting about um, 3,500 downloads every episode, which for a Byzantine Catholic podcast is not bad. <laughs> um, my old podcast was Catholic Stuff You Should Know. It was a much broader audience, of course, and we got a lot more than that. But for a Byzantine Catholic podcast, the focus on Byzantine Catholic things, that's not bad at all. I think we should give ourselves a pat on the back. Um, so I, I thought a, uh, a good thing that would be kind of reflect upon what we're going for with this podcast, and then especially, though, what the results have been. Um, but I want to, so this, this is my train of thought when thinking about this topic. I want to do a Q&A so that all of you who are here can, can ask us questions. Um, but I was thinking... Okay, where, where does this come from and any success we've had in this time? Where does this come from? Of course, it comes from primarily our, our individual and personal relationships with Jesus Christ. Mm. Um, but I think if we tried to f- explain that, it would take 
over a full episode of, of exactly how this relationship with Jesus Christ affects us, affects our listeners, affects our ministries, affects our podcast. Um, then I thought, well, okay, also a, a, a big part of this is, is just our relationship with each other. Um, the, the 10 years we've known each other, um, the spiritual father, spiritual daughter, friends, things like that. So, um, but I think we've covered that pretty exhaustively, right? I, that we, we've done this, it's, it's been such a big part of this. So then I thought, well, okay, what about the actual like podcast, all the tech stuff? So um, just real quick, normally what we're doing for our audience on Instagram and here, um, normally I'm sitting at my desk, as you know, and she's, she's, I'm in my desk in Los Angeles and she's usually in one of the Pustinias at Christ the Bridegroom. And there's a thing called Squadcast. So it allows us to see each other from on opposite sides of the country. Uh, we get our schedule going together. So it's usually evening for her, about midday for me. Um, that's why I'm usually drinking a beer and she's not. Um, because it, it's, no, you're drinking. <laughs> they drinking. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't get the joke. It's because he said it wrong. I said it wrong. No, I said, you said, I said I'm usually evening. drinking a... No, he said he's drinking the beer. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's day for you and evening for me. I get it now. Okay. Yes. I'm not um, sure I was fully listening. So it's usually evening I'm for her okay. and, and, and mid, midday for me. Um, and so, so getting, getting this scheduled is kind of rough sometimes, but we make it work, of course. Um, so then we can see each other. We record over the Squadcast. Thank God Squadcast records the whole thing, records it on two separate microphones so that we get better quality. And then we send it to a thing called Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout then sends it out to everywhere, to, to Apple Podcasts, to Spotify, all these places where you, wherever you listen. How many of you listen on Apple Podcasts, those present? Spotify. Really? We have mm. more Spotify than Apple here. Mm -hmm. What about something else? Castbox. Overcast. Overcast what? Castbox. Podcast Addict. Okay. So this is the beauty of Buzzsprout. They just send out to all those things that I didn't even know we had. <laughs> didn't, didn't even know we were on. Nope. Um, so I'm, gl I'm glad it works out for you guys. But um, what I want to do now is I want to invite up our, our, the two lovely ladies that you guys have heard on the, what was the podcast called? It was called Ladies of the Podcast, but um, a friend of ours just calls it, uh, I think, Three Girls Giggling. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, ladies of the podcast, I want to welcome up Dokimos Olivia and Beth. And um, if you guys have ever engaged with our social media, you know these two ladies. Um, when you get up here, ladies, can you just explain in the most entertaining way possible um, <laughs> like what you do and, and, and what this podcast is, is to you? James so, Parisi. Please take our seats. I know, right? That's so exciting. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Introduce yourselves first, please. Hello, I'm Beth. <laughs> and I'm Dokomos Olivia. You probably figured out who the Dokomos is by, like, the hair thing. <laughs> My bandana, as Father Michael called it. <laughs> I Me. wanted one because I was cold this morning. And they were not <laughs> I got to have too much hair that I had to sew two bandanas together. So now it's extra. Yeah. 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 What are we and talking about? Um, God. Podcasting. What God is not. What God like is that. not. We work on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you want to so, know how the sausage is yes. made. Well, how the sausage is made. So we record, <laughs> we upload it two weeks later than you'd like. Um, 
And then what do you do? When, when we, we upload it to the cloud and then they can listen to it, and then what do you do? So, yeah, so we both work on, like, listening to the episode so that hopefully when we publish the stuff out on Instagram and Facebook and our website, something that we have up there is slightly relevant to what they said and isn't just like, today we talked about God. The end. <laughs> That's the goal anyway. Yeah. And then sometimes I don't have time for that, and I'd ask them for a summary, which I had a moment of inspiration today when I remembered that you're now summarizing the podcast, and I thought, oh, I can listen to their summary, and then I can use that to type it in the description of what the episode is about. So describe what you do. You. So I do, Beth does everything. This is a lie. <laughs> and then I just make it look nice. But also, she does a good bit of that also. <laughs> and, then, and then they just talk about me, and you know me as Docomos Olivia. But actually, it's all Beth. <laughs> it's not true. It's yeah. true. Uh, yeah, so I do the episode descriptions, like when you're in Buzzsprout or Spotify, not Buzzsprout, uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Overcast or somebody said something else. Thank you, Podcast Addict. Any description you read, I put in there. And then I try to make sure that when they reference things like a, a, a video or a book or um, a movie, we referenced uh, upcoming spoiler. You ready? <laughs> in an upcoming episode, they talk about a Mother Teresa movie. Da, da, da. <laughs> it was Mother Ileana's, yeah. <laughs> oh, double spoiler. You get another Meet the Nun series. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I'll make sure that I have links to that so that you don't have to like pause and like try to like write things down quickly. That's the goal anyway. Yeah. And Olivia makes all the artwork. And mm-hmm. then as y'all know, I'm the Roman of the group. <laughs> and so um, me too. <laughs> okay, I'm the practicing Roman For of now. the group. <laughs> For now. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so sometimes I have to ask things like. Hey, uh, what's like? So, when we do our Monday episodes, we have a meeting where we plan them out and we try to make them relevant to what's happening. Mm-hmm. So, like big feasts. So, uh, in, the, in the West, we did not celebrate St. John Climacus on Sunday. That was new to me. <laughs> I know who he is. Um, but uh, so, Olivia helps keep me in check on all things, all the Eastern feasts. Mm-hmm. And then she'll say, this is very important. I go, great, this is very important. <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I also take the creepy photos sometimes. <laughs> but it's the fast right now, so I'm fasting from creepy photos. <laughs> so that's why there have been some of me. Because Mother Natalia, like, still taking them. Yeah, she's not fasting from creepy photos, so she takes the photos of me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't think you guys would be all that interested in that, though. But whatever. <laughs> it's fine. It's fun. <laughs> Olivia does all the artwork. Yeah. And so the color schemes. And describe what you do for the fonts and colors. And- oh boy. Um, okay. I um I don't know. We just kind of came up with it. Um so when I joined the team um a little over a year ago, it was like, all right, let's let's just invent whatever this is. I don't know. So our jumping off point was our logo which was designed by Mike Schwalm. Um, and it's really, really cool. So, and then I, I went to school for art, but I never took any classes in digital things at all. Um, and so the most I had to do was like design a really simple website and 
that's that's it. So I just use Canva for all of our graphics, um, which is uh, really user friendly and um, easy to learn. And and it does this great thing where it just like pulls out colors from an image you put in there. So it just automatically pulls the colors from our logo. So that's really nice. Um, and then we use the same font from the logo. And um, it's really it's a fun part of the job to like look for photos that match or don't match. Sometimes they really don't match with the episode. Um, but the not so fun part is that Father Michael doesn't send me photos of him. <laughs> so, but I have unlimited access to photos of Mother Natalia, so that's great. <laughs> um, even when she least expects it. I'm trying to explain um, this. I'm celibate. So, like, I don't have anybody to take pictures of me. You don't have friends. Yeah, that's what we heard. There's no friends. Um, you have way more female than male friends. I think that is also true. <laughs> Yeah. But Olivia had the brilliant idea um, at the start of the last Great Fast oh, yeah. to change our color schema. So you may have thought you were losing it. You're not. The color scheme did change. <laughs> yeah, we just lose the color. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it will return at Pasca. So, yeah. Thank you. I think that's how Anything the sausage. That's is how made. the sausage is made. Right. Well, let's give Olivia. <laughs> <and Beth. laughs> All right, so yes, the, uh, the, uh, the unseen heroes and those who are not here are Hope and Justin, my friends from Los Angeles. Um, they do our theme song. And what I did literally was I just, I met them and I found out they did music and I met them when I first moved to Los Angeles. And then I just, they gave me on our first meeting like three of their CDs and I listened to all three in a row and I listened to the best intro that was sound to go on a podcast. So the music has nothing, the song has nothing to do with the podcast. It's just, I like the little mandolin and the banjo part in the beginning. Um, so we asked them and they let us use it uh, for the intro and the outro. And then uh, Mike Schwalm, um, if you are on Instagram, I think it's Mike Schwalm Creative. Um, I grew up with Mike. He's my one of my little brother's best friends. Um, and I, I mean, we may have shared the story already, but when we were kids, we grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico. He went to Disneyland one time and took the map from Disneyland and posted it next to his bed. And he looked at that map and memorized the whole thing. And he said his dream was to be an animator for Disney since the time he was like four years old. Guess what he is? <laughs> an animator for Disney. And he, he's like one of the few kids that like pulled off his entire dream. So <laughs> he's an absolutely incredible animator, incredible guy. He's actually a, an Imagineer as well. He like went to college for Imagineering, if that's a thing for Disney. And he, he designs rides and designs themes and things like this. So, um, And one time my brother, two of my brothers and him tried to jump me when I came home from college. And like they thought they could beat me up, three of them, and it did not work. But unfortunately what happened was is they jumped me on my parents' bed and so I was fighting them, wrestling them. And at one part trying to get away from them, I felt like a body and I just shoved him with my foot as hard as I could and it was not one of my brothers. It was Mike Schwamm <laughs> flying against the wall. I look up to see what I hoped one of my one of my brothers. It was not. It was their friend. Um, he recovered quickly, thank God. And then also, 
Steve Davies, who we need to give a huge shout out to. Steve Davies is our editor. And Steve, Steve Davies takes the theme songs. He takes the mother Theodora's voice in the beginning. He, he puts everything together and then he, he, he publishes it. Or who, does he publish it? Do you guys publish it? You publish it. So he uploads it and, and Beth <laughs> publishes it. But um, Steve, uh, I have a parishioner who was nominated for an Oscar. They did, had a short documentary. You want to see it? It's called Three, Th- Three Songs for Benazir. They lost to the basketball one, um, but but they're, they're the Afghanistan one. Um, my parishioner, her husband's from Afghanistan. Anyway, he did a lot of the editing for that short. So he he's actually done now editing for a Oscar-nominated short as well. So he's a pretty big deal. And we're, uh, we're very honored to have him uh, editing our podcast for free rather we give we give Beth and Olivia a lot of money for this like at least living wage which is nothing <laughs> um, so thank you all of you anyway that's kind of how the sausage is made um, I, I, I do just want to say um, that the realization that I've come to though is that this podcast really is based upon our relationship with Christ and how much we want to share our relationship with Christ with others, our zeal for, uh, for evangelization, which I know is, is there a new mother. And then also um, my previous podcast and this one I know is very much based upon just the, the, the basics of friendship mm-hmm. and, and how that, um, how people really want. And this is something I've been so blessed with is that now um, I have, a, I have a, a new friend in Los Angeles. You ever seen the TV show, How I Met Your Father? It's like the spinoff of How I Met Your Mother. Mm-mm. Okay, so um, one of the one of the actresses has become a really good friend of mine, and we we were talking, and she said um, that sometimes she said I even I want my life like I'm on the show. You know, I want I want she's the Latina one. Um, Francia Ross is her name. Like she she's the Latina one on the show, and she says sometimes I actually want, I really want that life, and she said that's impossible, and I thought. You know, it's really not. But we have TV shows about community. We have TV shows called Community. We have TV shows called The Office, right? Because like so, somehow we want like friends at work. We have TV shows called Friends. Y'all are way too young, right? I, but we, we we have these TV shows. But but we don't we because we watch community happen. We watch love and friendship happen, and then somehow we think we have it. So even Francie was telling me how crazy fans can be. Like at restaurants, because they, they, they think they think she's like they they watch her on TV, and then their psyche, their subconscious tells them that oh she's actually a friend of mine, because and this is like celebrity culture, right? They think they think that she's actually friends with them, and and it's we get that a little bit too on the podcast. Like people want to hear a close friendship. They want to hear like spiritual father, spiritual daughter. They, they want to, to experience that, that this type of community can actually happen. Um, even from opposite sides of the country, you know, even though we used to live in the, in the same state. So, um, I think that that's a major part of this as well. So I thank God and I, and I thank you for what we've been able to do because I think a lot of people really want relationships like ours. And, and it, it's, it is really, really rare um, to have community, to have family, to have um, people that are on the same page with faith and with, with, with evangelization and our, our lives devoted to Christ and, and to celibates. We've given up everything in a sense for God and for our relationship with him. And the fact that we can, we can have a relationship where that shines and that grows and we can discuss things um, that we love and are so deep in our hearts. And yet um, we're both kind of a mess. <laughs> as well, um, and and we we we've acknowledged that, and and we're, we live within it, and we can even make fun of each other in the way that we're both a mess. Um, and I think that builds a lot of confidence and and 
hopefully a lot of humility, hopefully in the, and a lot of virtue. Um, and I think that's re- one reason why people like listening. True? True? Yeah? Okay. There's nods. Amen. And there's, I think there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of hope that at least I, I, I mostly replied to the emails that we get. And I was just talking, you know, with, we're, we're talking with some people who we're, we're getting an operations manager to, to help kind of delegate things for a while. And, um, one of the things that I was telling them that I desire as long as possible to not delegate is the emails because it really just is such a gift to me to be able to see um, what our podcast is doing, what God is doing through our podcast in order to speak into other people's lives um, because it's it's very humbling and, and it's like people just totally open their hearts um, to us because they feel this relationship. And, and I think that the, the two things I want to say, people have shared how much hope our podcast gives them, particularly because of the glimpse that it is into our relationship. Because the difference between um, how I met your father and what God is not, there, there's a lot of differences, I'm not I'm sure. Um, but one of the differences uh, is that this is very real. You know, um, I was just talking with Mother Gabriella and Hannah about this on the drive here is that the, the people who have met us um, and, and seen us interact, who had only formerly heard us on the podcast, they've remarked like, you guys are just exactly the same as you are on the podcast. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's totally sincere. You know, we're not like putting it. And so, so the hope there is that it's not written, it's not made up. It's totally attainable. It's totally real. Uh, people can have these kinds of relationships. But the other thing is, um, you're right that we do have a similar experience of, like, I, I meet, I often meet people and they say, I feel like I already know you. I feel like we're friends because I've heard you so much on the podcast, and, but you've never met me. Um, and we do get that. But I think it's, it's very different than your friend's experience in that there's a truth to that. Like I do feel relationship with our listeners, you know, because I'm I'm like we're we're doing this for them and because we love them, even if we haven't met them. Um, like we love you guys, even if we haven't met you. Uh, and I mean that totally sincerely. And um, so I think that that's the other aspect of hope um, is that it's gonna it's my tradition to cry on live episodes. Um, is is that there's just, it's just reality. Like it's not like people can watch those TV shows because they want to escape into something that, that they wish was real. Um, it's, it's providing the hope that this is real. And it should be, I think to make that happen, it's, it's an inspirational thing. I remember when Facebook first came out um, and I, I went on Facebook and I got a Facebook page for my parish when I was in Denver. And I remember thinking like, I'm just doing this because everybody's doing it. Like that's the whole reason I was like, like I'm not. There's no. There's no reason. (laughs) There's no reason I'm getting on Facebook. I don't need any any of this. Whatever I thought it was, but everybody's on it, so I'm going to get on it. And then like, well, all the churches are getting a parish Facebook page, so I'm going to get a parish Facebook page. And I thought I became a little more intentional about it. And I said, what is the point of getting a parish Facebook page? And I realized, you know what? The point of getting a parish Facebook page is to get people off of Facebook. It was kind of like, hey, this is happening near you, so come experience this in real life. And I think that that's kind of what we hope to do is, is to actually inspire 
like relationships and community outside of media mm-hmm. and actually go find friends. I, I can't tell you how many spiritual children I'll have that, that are, are single and they'll say, you know, I, I never thought I would find anybody, anybody that I could marry and that I, I, I'd want to like raise children with. I'd want, I'd want to share a life with. And then they start dating someone and it lasts six months and then they break up and they're so happy that they had it because I didn't even know someone like that existed. I didn't know I, I could have a relationship with someone that I could get that close to and that would love me back even if that instance didn't work. You know, if that relationship didn't work, they at least now know that, that it can happen and how good that can be. And I think that that's where even a TV show, I've, never, I've actually never watched her show. Don't tell her. Um, um, but but, but there, there's something like, there's, you know, it, that can, a good art. She's also never listened to your podcast. <laughs> Actually, oh. um, she's never listened to this podcast. Uh, so, so when I met her, I met her two years ago at, at a mutual friend's birthday party, and and um, I told her when we were when we were leaving about my podcast, I, my old podcast, Catholics W. You should know, and I, did, I hadn't started this one yet. Um, so I start, I gave her my other one, and I only found out a week and a half ago that on the ride home, her and her friends listened. To Catholics, have you should know, mm-hmm. which uh, they, they were all <clears throat> fallen away Catholics, all three of them, and they got in the car, drove from Joshua Tree to Los Angeles, and um, and when they were doing this, they uh, they listened to the podcast. So I, w- I was so incredibly proud that that you know they'd actually listened and, and done something like that. But I only found out like a week and a half ago. So um, so yes, so ha ha. Um, all right, um, thank you. Thank you. Uh, we'd like to do a Q&A. Does anybody in the 70 or so audience have- 70 to 3,000. 73,000 range of audience. <laughs> um, if you do, just again, please come over to this door. Um, I'd actually like you to speak into the microphone. So when you come up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get up. Um, and is, then, there, is there another option if they're like too scared to be on camera or something? You can come up here and yell if you want, I guess. <laughs> if yeah. you want to, and then, then we'll repeat your question. That's fine too. If you don't want to be on camera, that's a good question. That's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. If you don't want to be on camera or on the recording, just come up and say it um, or think about it. But could somebody come up and look at the Instagram? Oh, is somebody, Maddie, are you looking? Okay. If you're on Instagram too, please write down any questions you may have, and uh, and we'll we'll give priority, second priority to those. What? <laughs> Hi, Francia. <laughs> I hope I did you justice. Love you. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thanks for watching. Thanks to all who are watching. Yeah. Um, and thanks for letting me use you, Francia, in my, in my storytelling. Um, While I, we're waiting for someone to come up with a question, can we introduce um, Mother Gabriella? Yeah. Yes. <gasps> <gasps> come, on, come on all the way around. Yes, this is, this is Mother Gabriella, the, the famous created and called podcast. Um, Mother Gabriella is one of the other nuns at the monastery. She's also the one we skipped, or we skipped two. One of the two that we skipped. We weren't going in order. I thought we were going in order. No. Okay. Wait, you want to? T- I'll let you interview her. Oh, okay. <laughs> but like, come with a question if you have one, or um, someone find one on Instagram or something. Um, um, Hello. This is Mother Gabriella. Uh, I, you know, I was going to tell some of these stories at uh, when we have Mother Gabriella on the podcast, but maybe I'll just share one of them now. <laughs> uh, one time, uh, Mother Gabriella was giving a Theology on Tap talk, and, and she says, no, it's, no, 
Don't drink that. Theology on the Taps. Um, she was giving a Theology on Tap talk, mm-hmm. and uh, most of us from the community are there listening, and she says at one point, she's talking about the difference between... <laughs> <laughs> between tonsure and life profession. So tonsure is when you get a little symbolic um, snip in the sign of the cross um, of your hair, but your hair is not cut otherwise. And then at your life profession, in our monastery at least, at your life profession, your hair is cut like up to the shoulders, basically. So she's describing this difference at this Theology on Tap Talk. And she says, or as we like to say at the monastery, as we say at the monastery, the snip, not the clip. And I turn, I turn to one of the other nuns and I was like, Hi, do we say that? I've, I, I don't remember hearing that. And she says, the, the other nun says, yeah, I've never heard that either. And then we're in the van on the way home. And I was like, Mother Gabriella, when, when do we say that? And she's like, I, I panicked. It popped in my head. We've never said it before. I'm like, all right. So Just giving a talk. It's that's Mother Gabriella. Do you want to give a spoiler of um, what we're going to start when we have you on the podcast? You mean the 25-part episode that will rival Father Michael's 25-part episode on the Divine Liturgy? Yeah. Yes. I, I'm going to start my own my own like series on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what it's about yet. <laughs> will it be in order? <laughs> Taking long breaks between episodes. I don't know. Um, I don't know. We'll yeah. see. She just was trying to figure out how to rival your uh, three thousand part series on the Divine Liturgy. Podcast on sin for me. <laughs> <laughs> sin, we do it. Done. Yeah. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. No. Sin is fun sometimes. <laughs> um. I mean, (laughs) said the priest. I mean, it is fun. It is fun. Otherwise, we probably wouldn't do it. But that's not, doesn't mean that it's okay just because it's fun. We don't encourage Mm -hmm. sin on this podcast. (laughs) They might on How I Met Your Father, but (laughs) not on What God Is Not. Do you want to do you want to say something to roast me since I just roasted you? I know I didn't. I was like, is this an introduction? Or <laughs> Welcome to be roasted. Turn me over. I'm done. Um, um, I mean, there are so many stories. It's there, hard to choose from. There's so many. I mean, have you told the wire stripping story? Because <laughs> that's really. I don't know if I should tell that story. <laughs> we can move on. I. I'll tell this story. <laughs> it's live. The door is opening. It's like a it's like a game show or something where like someone's coming from behind the door. Um, is the question for Father Michael or for me or for both of us? Oh. Okay. Okay. Sit. Um, I don't know if those two things are as cool as Father Michael. Hi, Mother. Hi, Hannah. Do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Um, I'm Hannah Crane. Um, I am Mother Natalia's spiritual daughter. Um, I think a few of you share this similarity. Um, I used to listen to Father Michael when he was on Catholic stuff, and then he got reassigned, and he moved to L.A. and couldn't be on Catholic stuff anymore. And so then he decided, I don't know if he decided, or you mutually decided. (laughs) Nope, all him. To start What God Is Not. And I was like, well, I like that guy probably the best. Um, so I'm going to start listening to what God is not. Um, so that's actually how I met Mother Natalia, um, was through the podcast. Um, Hannah has surely come the furthest for this live episode, by the way, because she came from Montana. Yes, I'm here from Anyone Montana. further from Montana? We also had a Pustinic, you live in Steubenville now. <laughs> um, we also had a Pustinic 
um, Olivia, shout out to Olivia here, not Dokimos Olivia. She was on Pustinia at the monastery a few days ago. Um, she's from Buffalo, but she decided to drive back this afternoon from Buffalo to stay, come for the live episode to go back tonight. So that's impressive. <laughs> so so uh, in that context of you being my spiritual mother, um, I live in Montana and not Ohio. So I'm wondering for the two of you, for somebody who's seeking out um, like spiritual direction or in need of a spiritual mother or father who doesn't necessarily have people nearby mm. um, or even they're not blessed with like a strong parish and they don't feel like they could ask their own parish priest or something like that, who, what are some ways to not like replicate that relationship because you were just talking about they, the authenticity and the importance of community, but what would you say to people who aren't going to fly from Montana <laughs> to come and see their spiritual mother or their spiritual father? Thank you. Okay, bye Instagram. <laughs> do you want to start or do you want me to start? If you have something in mind, go ahead. Uh, the only thing I would have in mind is that, so, so traditionally the ones giving the spiritual direction were the monastics. Um, so... Uh, at, at least in the East. It was like the parish priests were the married priests and they were attending to their parish and um, that was where their service was. And it was the monks down the road because there were always monks down the road who would uh, hear confessions and give spiritual direction. Um, and that's that's no longer the case, uh, I think simply because we don't have the monastics. Um, so uh, the parish priests are... Our, the parish priests are stepping up. So thank you to the parish priests who are stepping up and really embracing uh, that, that spiritual fatherhood. Um, so I guess my first thought would be, if there's a monastery near you, uh, then reach out to them and find out um, if they provide direction. Uh, if there's not a monastery near you, my next thought would be to... Um, reach out to a monastery and see if they give spiritual direction online, if that's something that you're willing to do, like over Skype or something. Uh, and um, that being said, I'm going to put this out there right now because we've, we've had a lot of, Mother Gabrielle has given a big old nod over here um, because we've had a lot of people reach out. Um, our monastery is at quota right now. We can't take on any more directees because we're all maxed out and then have taken more than we're supposed to. So... <laughs> So don't reach out to our monastery, <laughs> but a monastery. <laughs> that was my first thought. Amen. Um, I have come to, let me just tell you a, a, an experience that led me to understand this. Um, it's, it's true that, that most priests are now booked as well. You're going to hear from most priests that they don't have, that they're not able to. I, am, I, I refuse to, to say no to someone who's a parishioner of mine um, so I, I, I make sure I'm available to every single parishioner of mine. Um, but so I've had to then now restrict it to only parishioners unless our Lord really puts someone in my heart. Um, and that's, that's very rare, but you, you know who you are. Um, I, I think, so the experience I had was um, I had this, this wonderful young woman um, go to confession. We had just an, an amazing experience. That was at a, I was helping out at a Roman Catholic church I heard she wanted to go face to face. Um, and then after the confession was over, then she said, you know, there was, that was amazing. Just the confession, you know, would you consider being my spiritual father? And 
I wanted to so bad because it really was like an amazing conversation. I saw the Holy Spirit working, um, and I just said, "I'm sorry, I, I, I can't like like for my own ministry, for my own parishioners, I, I can't do that right now." But my heart ached too, and I could see I could see the same thing was happening in her. And um, and then she says, "Well, what should I do?" And I said, um, "Well, sometimes if we can't have a spiritual director, we can we can have like someone that's a mentor. What, what does the scripture say? Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. So, even even so, I, I mentioned one person's name, Hope Schneer. <laughs> I meant I meant I said I said go to Hope, my friend Hope. She's the one that the, that plays on the band that does our opening, you know, song. I said go to Hope and ask her. I've heard from both of them that this is like the most amazing." like fruitful relationship that these two women, a young woman and a, and a mother of nine, you know, that they're able to do and hope is able to be such an incredible mentor to her. And when I was in Denver, I had a spiritual father and a, a pastoral mentor. So my spiritual father was Byzantine. He lived in Pittsburgh. I obviously couldn't see him that often. I had a spiritual mentor, a local priest who I would go to and and that worked so well. And I've I've come to realize that there is, you know, our Lord's going to send us someone. Like he's not going to leave us orphans. By the way, sorry, Pauline, if you're watching. Pauline, literally, I have not gotten back to her text about scheduling spiritual direction. I thought you were going to say, sorry, Pauline. Pauline's an orphan. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> Paul, Pauline's not. She has wonderful parents. Um, but she, we were trying to get help to get there to schedule a, a spiritual direction. And um, I have not returned her text. So she sent me- What? She said, I know, I know. She sent me a gif of the Simpsons that just, that one of Maggie or someone says, I'm an orphan. And that's literally why she sent me this gif, which is actually pretty funny. But I'm sorry, Pauline, I need to get back to you about spiritual direction. But but our, our Lord is not gonna leave us orphans. And I think that that if if- if we as a church have failed in our number of vocations, which we have, um, we, we are not discerning, we're not encouraging, the fields are ripe for the harvest and we're not going out there. Um, we as a church have failed in the vocations. That's one of the reasons why we don't have enough spiritual directors that are clergy or that are monastics. Um, but our Lord will handle it. Like I know, as I've said before, when I, there are times when I absolutely neglect my homily prep and I will listen to the gospel along with you, right? When I'm proclaiming it, I'm also hearing it for the first time, right? Not Father, in your life. <laughs> Father Lukash, you have no idea what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> right, so, so, it's the first, so then I have to come up with something to say. Now I've been a priest for 16 years. So you, you go off the cuff, you've heard it before, you've probably preached on this before, so you do something. But I am so mad at myself because I neglected my people. I ne- like my people deserved more that, than my silly reflections upon something that I didn't prepare the, the homily for. But I can't tell you how many times I've had people come up and say, Father, that one right to the heart, right to the heart. Um, and th- that that one was one of the best homies I've heard from you, right to the heart. And, and what I've realized is that I abandoned my people, but God will not. Like the Holy Spirit will not abandon his people. Do we lose the live stream? Oh. Can I, it says ignore the limit. Ignore, ignore the, limit. the limit. Oh, it's my, no, it's my, it's my screen time. <laughs> I just hit my social media screen time for the day. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What's the point of having a Sorry. limit if you can literally just press a button that says I know. ignore limit? I have a friend who, who his wife, he puts in a code. So if he wants more social media time, his wife has to type in the code and he doesn't. I'm like, that's brilliant. I don't have a wife or I would do that. Um, 
But yeah, it's just pretty much just saying get off social media is what it is. That's what it tells me. Um, what? What? What was I, what was I saying though? Um, okay. God doesn't abandon a homily oh. straight to the heart. Yes. You didn't prepare for it. Okay, I didn't prepare for the homily, and so it go, and so people have said like that that went straight to the heart. Like the Holy Spirit was at work. And, and so it's like, yes, I may abandon my people, but the Holy Spirit will not abandon my people. Mm. Um, and so there, there's, there's something about a spiritual direction where just pray that if there's no clergy or monastic that can become your spiritual director, pray and then look around for the mom of six who would probably love to get tea with you once a month or coffee with you once a month. Someone who can actually be a mentor. And again, when you, when the two or three are gathered in my name, Jesus says, it does not have to be a clergy or monastic. Ideal it is a celibate. Celibates are given special grace from God because of their unique relationship with him to guide others, to be a mother and a father. That's why they call us mother and father, right? To be a mother and a father, but it does not have to be. And if they're not available, go to someone who you may not expect Pray that, that our Lord is working in that relationship and then listen. The, the obediences will not be the same. It's not gonna be quite the same, um, but it will, be, it will be beautiful. Hello, come on up. We'll give you mother's spot this time. Any, any, any does that make sense, Hannah? Okay, thank you. Hello. Name, favorite color in your question? Oh, they're gonna throw me off the bridge like, just like in Monty Python. Um, That's fun. Uh, Jenna. Green. What was the third question? Favorite color. Oh, that was your, I, thought that was, I thought your name was Jenna Green. Um, and what's your question? Oh, my question. Wow. Um, okay, so uh, I'm, I'm going to lead into my question with just a little bit of a backstory. So I'm a Roman Catholic, right? What's that? Um, and, <laughs> and in my journey of faith, I've been Roman to the Eastern side a little bit, but... Something that I'm very conf confident and comfortable with in, um, I guess, my participation in faith is the liturgical cycle in the Western church. And I'm in my, in my search kind of looking to find good resources that can point me directly to the liturgical year as it plays out in the Eastern church. I'm less familiar with that. And Every time I look online, I don't know if I just don't know like what to look for or if the resources are just escaping me, but any input is appreciated. Me first, me first, me first. She's going to go first. Okay. Um, so um, amazing book, Year of Grace of Our Lord. Is that what you're going to say? No. <gasps> oh, uh, Year of Grace of Our Lord. It's written by, um, write down this author's name, a monk of the Eastern Church. <laughs> uh, and... It's really, really good. It cycles through the whole liturgical year. Have you ever read this? Yes. Oh. Even a seminary, yeah. Oh. Uh, I was just really excited to share that. I don't have anything else to say. So I, I would recommend you go to a Byzantine parish and get a wall calendar because we, we, we have a wall calendar. I know it's old school. Um, I, take, I take pictures of all 12 months so that I have it on my phone digitally so I have access to it. But a simple wall calendar is gonna give you the readings of the day. Um, write this down, byzantinela.com. Um, byzantinela.com, that's my parish website. Um, and if you go to daily devotionals, the daily devotionals tab, um, you're gonna have the... Uh, Saint of the day with their story, with their hagiography, 
Um, and then you're going to have uh, the readings written out that my secretary actually types them up from our liturgical books, um, so they're the proper translation. Um, and then you're going to have the Traparian and the Kentuckian for the day. Um, for most lay people, that's about 20 minutes along with a little bit of reflection every day. So you know at least who the saint of the day is. You can pray the Traparian and the Kentuckian of the day, the, the prayers um, for that saint, and then, then the cycle of readings, um, what it is. Um, also, EC Pubs. EC Pubs, Eastern Christian Publications. Shout out to them if you get the app, the EC Pubs app on your phones. That gives you matins, uh, maybe not matins. No, morning prayer. Morning prayer, but then Vespers, first, third, sixth, ninth hour with all the changeable parts. So it, it can guide you through the prayer of the whole day. Um, Father Lukash actually uh, created an app in Slovakia um, that, 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 does, that does all of this stuff. We've just never done it in English. Um, but so the year of the grace of our Lord, a wall calendar, byzantinela.com uh, resources. Um, it, it's hard because all of this stuff is, we're, is kind of faking it. it. I mean, again, it used to be, just to understand, like it used to be you had your parish walking distance and a monastery outside the town. And that's how you got your liturgical life. Since we don't have that, we have to do things like this. So if you live, if you live near a parish, that's ideal. If not, you know you can use these digital resources. Does anybody else have any more than more than those things you use? They're small prayer books. Is that what you're looking for? Okay. Anybody else have anything that they know about? Any Byzantine Catholics resources you can share? Public and prayer book. Public and prayer book is a great Melkite, uh, and it's amazing. Um, it's it. I'm sorry. Bible and the Holy Fathers for yeah, Orthodox. The one we talked about. That has the readings and then, then a, a reflection from the Fathers for every single reading, which is great. Anthony had something. I heard something else. Are you from this FRT? Yes. Where do you live? Yes, she is. Oh. Five years ago, three, four years ago. Okay. Does that show like the liturgical year though? Because she's looking for like what the liturgical year looks like. Oh, the prayers. Mm -hmm. there, there's also um, bizcath.org and then there's a lectionary tab and that'll kind of guide you through a lot of that as well. It, it's not like for the day, but you can kind of see the general order of the, of the liturgical year. All right. Great, great question. I want to take this one. Yes, hello. How are you doing? Hi, Joe. Um, Hi. Please give um, your name a... Uh, your relative that would be the most interesting for people to know, and um, then your question. Okay, uh, my name is Joseph Harvey, and I am Mother Theodora's nephew. Hey! So yes, the, the you. voice you hear at the beginning of the podcast is Joe's aunt. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, man, it's been the first time I've actually been on something like this. So <gasps> We're very it's, excited. Uh, brand new, mm -hmm. and and deeply honored for a hundred episodes too. Mm -hmm. It's a really special guest. To <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so my question is, is that, you know, God can be everywhere, right? Even in the most uh, desperate of times. Well, my question is, what if some people think that, that when they pray, they think that it doesn't help? Mm. But deep down, he's always there. Because, you know, he created everything. And, you know, we're a part of him. Like, everything you see around here is a part of him. Mm. And everybody here and everyone is special here. 
Mm -hmm. Even the ones that are watching it, it everyone is special. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. Mm-hmm. Right, thank you. You're welcome. Um, so, so the question of, of um, when, when you feel like prayer isn't working and maybe you're not feeling like God is there, even though we, we know he's there. Um, and so what someone can do in that situation maybe is what Joe's asking. So the, I think this is really relevant to um, the reading that we just had, the gospel reading um, this past Sunday in which um, we hear the prayer, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And I think that's a really good prayer in this situation because it's, it's acknowledging um, our, our inability to even believe when we want to. And so it's like, we, we so often have to act out of a choice as opposed to just out of what we're feeling. And so even if we don't feel God there, we're choosing to believe it um, because of the, the foundation. And um, yeah, does that, does that help, Joe? Yeah. Okay, yeah. great. Also, my initial thought too is that... Um, Sometimes, again, we're called what God is not because we want to focus on mystery and the, the otherness of God. Um, but there's also what God is and, and God is a personal God. So God is not a rule book. He's not a, a set of legal decrees. Um, God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the persons that we interact with. And I think we, we have a lot of expectations for God, that we can become very entitled in our prayer, that we, that we, we want more immediate um, awareness, affirmations in our relationship with him, but we don't do that with anybody else. In other words, if, if God's a personal God, like we in a sense have to be patient with him and with ourselves, just like we're patient with falling in love with another human being. So it's, it's, like, it's like falling in love and getting married. And then, then you're, you're both 90 years old. You still don't know everything about the other. And so if we, if we truly saw prayer as a conversation and, 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 an awakening, a falling in love, a, a, a process of getting to know each other. These are all the things that God is. So prayer is going to be frustrating in the beginning, just like any relationship is frustrating in the beginning. You know, there's a lot of fighting in the beginning of any relationship, especially like a romantic relationship. There's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of getting to know each other. There's a lot of discovery. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of why, why don't they understand why don't they respond when I do this? I, this is normal to our humanity. This is the way God created us. And so I think if we, in, in many ways, God is, is like us because he created us in his own image and likeness. So in, in one sense, God being like us, we can, we can pursue a relationship with him through prayer that is similar to the, the constant mystery and yet awakening of our understanding of relationships with other human beings. And yet he's not like us. And so there's, a, there's an intimacy that is immediate. You know, our sin is what prevents that intimacy, but there is an intimacy with God that is immediate, again, because he created us, he loved us, he died for us, et cetera. Um, so finding that balance in prayer, I think we need to make sure that we, we are not, in a sense, rushing the relationship. We're being, we're being patient with ourselves and being patient with God. And, and, and if we truly see prayer as a very real personal engagement with God, then, then the, the expectations change a little bit, at least in my experience. They change to say, um, I'm excited 
that it's going to take 70 years to get to know God, right? It's, I'm excited that the moment I die, I'm still not going to know him that well. You know, he'll know me, but I'm, I might not know him. I think in, inherent in that is an adventure, an excitement, a pilgrimage, um, and, and a real patience that, that demands perseverance. I'm going to persevere in my relationship with God, just like I have to persevere in my relationship with any other person, because God is a personal God. So our relationship with God really is a falling in love. It really is a pursuing. It really is a receiving. And just like any other relationship, it, it demands patience. So I think our, our, our relationships with other human beings can teach us about our relationship with God because we have to, we have to be patient. Mother and I, I don't think you might be telling you, just had, a, just had a, a, a conversation today about a way that our relationship still needs to grow. You know, and and it was it was a beautiful conversation because we we know each other so well and for so long. But like there's there's still things, and hopefully for the rest of our lives, even as human beings, um, where we'll still be growing and learning about each other and learning how to communicate and things like that. That'll be good. Um, and so we we cannot rush our relationship with God, and that, that, that and prayer has everything to do with that growing, building relationship. That makes sense. That's a that's a very beautiful and deep question. So. I hope we are immediate, uh, immediate thoughts covered that well. Please. Hi. Uh, name and what animal you think I look like and your question. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, my name is Olivia. I'll have to think about the second one okay. for a while. I mean, I, I, could, I could come up with something. But I don't, wanna, I don't want to stress you out. Okay. I'll be thinking about this. If all, you can't all, think of anything, I'll just do it home. myself. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I can't think of anything. Okay. That's very nice of you. Okay. Maybe it's because of all the gray in his beard. There we go. Maybe. I mean, that works. I'm working on it. It's one stripe. I like that. <laughs> it's intentional. Yeah. Just the <laughs> Makes you look wise, I hope. So, and what's your question? So my question is... Um, so one of the one of the reasons, one among many reasons that I listen to this podcast and love this podcast so much, um, is because you guys just have such a sense of joy in your faith and in life in general. And I don't see that in a lot of, well, obviously media in general today, but Catholic media in particular. There is there are very very few sources of Catholic media that have the same sense of joy in the Lord in the face of everything that's happening in the world and in the church today. That is very rare, and really this is the only place that I've found it with such solidity. So I guess my question is, what advice would you give to people who are struggling to preserve that joy and that perspective in a world that really does not help anyone foster that in any way? Wow. Wow, thank you, Olivia. I appreciate that. That, by the way, is Pustinic Olivia, who came uh, from Buffalo. Thank you. So, um, have you been to Our Lady of Victory, the big church? Oh, that's one. Of, that's one of the beautiful churches I've ever seen in my life. Um, all right. Uh, do you have an answer? I have. I have first thoughts. Do it. Okay. Father Michael's like panicking <laughs> no, right now. I, I'm, um, I'm, I'm flattered. My 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 first thought. Yeah, that's very. Um, that's very beautiful. Uh, thank you, first of all, for that. I think that our. Anyways, I'm not going to go down that trail. Um, Cowboy's not here, so. Perla. No, Cowboy's my squirrel. Okay. Um, <laughs> so one, one very basic piece of advice I would give is um, don't place yourself directly 
um, in the path of temptation. And, and by that, I mean, there are a lot of shows out there. There are a lot of speakers out there who are very inflammatory. Um, and I think we were even talking about this the other day at the monastery. Yeah, um, you and I were. It's, there's, there's a, there are a lot of shows out there that are very inflammatory in which they're just like, they're just encouraging people's anger. They're like, let's be angry about this stuff. Um, and there are newspapers that do this. There are speakers and so on and so forth. And, um, and it's very easy to get kind of sucked into that. You know, I talked with uh, actually one of my family members um, about this because I was like, this is just not making you joyful in life. You know, you're just walking around all angry about these problems in the church. And like, yes, those problems are there, but simply um, boiling inside is not really helping solve anything. Um, so I would avoid watching and reading the things that are only inflaming anger without moving you to any actual um, charitable response to the problems. Uh, because there is, you know, even those, those things, those shows and stuff to which I'm referring, um, and, and I think we like all can think of particular ones, they're often speaking truth. Um, but truth without charity is not truth because God is truth and God is love. And so, so truth without charity is not actually, I think that like sucks the joy out of us. And it's also like, who are those people speaking to, right? Like who's their audience? Because they're, they're speaking in such a way that, that someone who disagrees with them is not going to listen. And so they're only speaking to the people who already agree with them. And it's just like, it's just a, a place for everyone to be angry together. And that's not joy. That's my first thought is avoid those things. Amen. Um, Chris Stefanik um, wrote a book on joy just recently, and I think it was very good. Um, I haven't read the book, but he came and gave a talk in Southern California. Um, and and he, he reflects upon on very, very practical ways of finding joy. So if you get a chance to look that up, Chris Stefanik, S-T-E-F-A-N-I-C-K, um, a book on joy. It's his most recent book. It's really, really good. Um, my initial thoughts... The, the principle of subsidiarity says that the things of greatest concern are, are lowest in the hierarchy. So in other words, um, I asked a friend of mine who's a journalist when, when Pope Francis was first made Pope and, and he was so beloved by everybody back then because he had such a, a, a grandfather's heart and it was just, we were just meeting the man. We didn't, we didn't know much about him and he was kind of, he, he loved, you know, giving the, the Swiss guard a seat outside of his room and, you know, sneaking out to do homeless ministry. Um, and I remember thinking this and then there was this thing called the, the, the Francis effect, you know, there was uh, this effect it was having on the church. And, and when this happened, I was actually kind of turned off by people's reactions um, to him, like, this is my grandfather. Cause I thought, you know, and I asked my, my journalist friend, if you put out an inner, like a, 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 um, an interview, a, what do you call it? A poll? Survey, survey. Yeah. A survey, a poll in, in your newspaper and said, who loves you more? Pope Francis or your pastor? Who do you think would win out? At that time. At that time. Pope Francis. And I, and I was like, yeah. yeah, Pope Francis. And it was like, people, like, that's impossible. He's on the other side of the world, <laughs> right? You're, you're, you're idealizing this man because you see him do a couple things that the media picked up. And yet your pastor frustrates you because he preaches too long and he doesn't have time to do spiritual direction with you. And, and, and he, he says the wrong thing sometimes. And he, he gives your kid weird looks when they act up, you know, like, 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 
Pope Francis is on the other side of the world and, and we only know so little of him and we love him for that and he loves us because there's no real relationship. But my pastor, there is a relationship and it gets messy and it gets dirty. And, and, but that's a real relationship and that, that's what, what life is supposed to be. So the principle of subsidiarity says, we need to concern ourselves with the things that are closest to us. So ideally, Pope Francis listens to me, Father Michael, and he listens to you. He listens to Maddie, who's a parishioner of mine, right? Because Maddie comes and tells me what her thoughts, what her fears, what her loves, her dreams for the church are. I go to my bishop and say, Bishop, here's what Maddie and all my other parishioners' concerns are, right? And, and I, I, know share, he does that? <laughs> I, share, I share them with the bishop. And then the bishop goes and he takes it to wherever and it goes all the way up to the Pope, right? And the, the, the Pope hears, but, but, but our concerns, the Pope's not gonna answer our fan mail, you know, but, but, but hopefully our pastor has time for us or the deacon or somebody. So in other words, we are so caught up in this world of mass media with, you know, in the, in the ancient church, you didn't know what the Pope said. Like the Pope got on an airplane and said something, you know, and, and all of a sudden, well, it got on a, whatever, a camel, right? And, and, and on the camel, he was being interviewed. And then, then somehow it like, it trickled all the way down so that the, the interviewer on the camel told the bishop and the bishop told the pastor and then finally the pastor tells you, right? So you don't find out immediately what the Pope says. And the Pope has no idea what I think. It has to go up. So in other words, we... We get so caught up in what the bishop of this place are doing is the bishop of this place are doing or this theologian is doing over here. Like we're gonna be overwhelmed by, by the craziness of the world because we're only hearing the negative. If I concern more of myself with what is the homeless ministry in my parish doing? If I spent more time worrying about the, the, those who are homebound in my parish and is, is father being fed? And has anybody told father this week that he's done anything good, right? <laughs> Guess, guess how often I hear complaints as a pastor? All the time, right? How often do I have people say, you know, Father, that was actually pretty good. Right, Father Lukash? Right? All the time. Right, right? I, I, I do get all the time. I, I, <laughs> no, 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 not, 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 not that I'm doing something well. I, I, get, I get I love you a lot, probably because they feel sorry for me, but, but they're... they're <laughs> I, do, I, I, get, I get a lot of affirmation. That's, that's how I respond when I'm annoyed with you, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I love you so much. Yeah, that, that's, it's actually become a thing. Um, but, but it's true. But in other words, we can, we can affect the world right around us. Mm-hmm. And should we be concerning ourselves with what some internet theologian or inter, even internet bishop or archbishop is saying, or even the Pope why are we concerning ourselves with these things when the impact is much more local? And if we want to impact the Pope and, and the higher hierarchy, we need to make sure we're impacting at home. Like you said recently, charity starts at home. We, we can impact and, and, and those things impact us. You know, again, how many of you know who is on your city council? Could you name one member of your city council? Who's the president of the United States? <laughs> right. Joe Byron, right? We, 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 we all know who the president of the United States is. We don't know who's on our city council. It, 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 it should be the opposite. We should be focusing on, on what we can actually affect and how they affect us. So I think that's one way is to, to find the joy locally. And like, like Mother said, don't get caught up in the, the, the bigger things that we actually don't have an impact on. The devil loves pointing us at what's gonna bring us shame, what's gonna make us angry, all those things. We rarely find those things in our, in our next door neighbor. How many of you know the names of your next door neighbors? Amen, go Cleveland. In Denver, it took me a long time, way too long. 
And yet, yeah, I, I knew all the internet theologians. I didn't know my next door neighbors. I, I think there's a wisdom to that, that that can truly think small and can truly bring joy. Um, can I say one more thing about yes. it? Uh, the last thing that I wanted to say about it, which really should have been the first thing that I said about it, um, is pray for joy. Because joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And um, those of you who are, have received the sacraments of initiation have the, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, like, pray for joy. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and along those same lines, joy is not just a feeling. Um, joy is very much a choice. And so, so in the moments when we're not feeling it, um, really trying to make the conscious choice to be joyful. Uh, and <laughs> Mother, Mother Gabriella and I actually like, we've been doing this a lot recently. Like we've been struggling in community and, uh, you know, we'll just like pull the other aside, seeing that one of the two of us isn't being joyful and just say like, choose joy. We're going to choose joy. Um, that could probably get really annoying real quick, but when it hasn't yet. Um, um, but it's more been like when we're both struggling to be joyful, it's like, hey, let's choose joy together today. That sounds very cheesy. The, and the last thing I thought of was I just wrote down, you know, be, be reckless in prayer. And, and what, what I mean by that is, is that when, when we are truly communing with God, Joy, joy is the result. It, it has to be because that's one of the gifts, as Mother said, that he, he gives. And the example I gave is I've talked to, before about my uh, my two nephews who served at the altar at, in Fort Collins, Colorado. Um, one of them, when he would make a mistake on the altar, it would decimate him. Like he would he would pick up the wrong thing or walk in the wrong direction, and and, and he would like just you would see his head fall, and then the whole rest of the divine liturgy, he was just frustrated with himself. Right, and then my other nephew could be messing up the entire divine liturgy, and I'm like, I'm like, Luke, Luke, pick up the thing, go to this Luke, and then so finally, I, I he was like, he was playing with the incense over and over and over again, and finally the incense just went out, like he literally played with it to death, right, and and the the incense died, and so I finally I'm, I'm kind of I'm like Luke, get over here, he comes, over, I'm like I'm like Luke, stop playing with the incense, and he goes, he winks and walks back again. <laughs> And like, this, by the way, would be what it would be like if Father Michael and I served at the altar together. Yeah. <laughs> like, this would right. very much be. <laughs> it's like, it's like they, they were both doing the same thing, but one of them was completely joyful, even though he was kind of a mess, right, like me. <laughs> and, and, and one was just overreacting to the smallest little things, you know, in, in, in a way. And, and, and one was kind of sad the whole time, and one was full of joy the whole time. Like, <laughs> we're on the same team, Father Michael. We're doing great, aren't we? Like, I know I've messed up a few times, so we're getting better let's keep on going I'm like I you're my hero bud like I, I want to be like you when I grow up just like like that's what I mean reckless in prayer you know um there, there's a certain it, it brings confidence it brings joy we don't let the little things bring us down um there, there is a certain recklessness in the in in prayer when we're talking to God it's like imagine just committing the worst sin I've, I've shared this before like if if Jesus appeared right in the back where's east which direction is east? If, if, if Jesus, thank you. If Jesus came from behind us right now, right? Second coming, he appears behind us. Um, if, if I was the best person in the world and like did everything right and I was so holy and Jesus showed up, I would just go running to him. Absolutely running to him. Like, like no holds barred, like a child running to their mom or dad who just got out of the military. That's how I would run to him. If I was the worst sinner in the world, the worst sinner in the world, what should I do when he appears? Run to him. Exactly. <laughs> like, who's going to fix me? 
Like who, 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 who can actually take care of the worst sinner in the world? Who can actually turn my sin around? Who, who, who's gonna love me anyway unconditionally? Like I should run to him anyway. Like there's no situation where I shouldn't be attracted to closeness to Christ. Not a single one. If I'm the best person in the world or the worst person in the world, it's the same Jesus. And he's either gonna pat me on the back and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Or he's gonna say, you're a mess. Let's fix you. You know, and guess who can do it? Me, right? So why are we anything but joyful? Why are we anything but joyful? It, it, it makes no sense. All of us are a bit down, of course, but we, there, there's nothing we should be. And so this restlessness in prayer, if we ever go to God without the confidence of saying, he's gonna love me no matter what, and he's gonna fix everything in me, right? That, that I think is, is where real joy comes from. And to prepare for his coming, we actually do that in prayer. Every time we encounter him in prayer is a preparation for encountering him when at the second coming. I know we're going long, but I want to get you up here. I think there's another one after him too. I almost hesitated to uh, ask the question. I feel like that was like a mic drop moment. <laughs> do you guys need uh, drinks? You guys look empty up here. Um, I'm good. Yeah. Thank you, though. Okay. Thanks for checking. Yeah, so uh, I'm Mark Shuffleton. I'm a Presbyterian pastor that comes out to uh, Christ the Bridegroom Monastery and Retreat. Mm-hmm. And uh, you might remember me from the last live uh, podcast airing. I was the one that Father Michael endlessly harassed because— as I was in my living room watching Mother Natalia and Mother Petra's uh, um, life profession. Thank you. Uh-huh. I did not stand in my living room all three hours. <laughs> Remember that? Boo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, to the question though. Um, so the real reason I listen to the podcast is I have an interest in monasticism mm. and in how we can apply values or spiritual practices in life and in ministry. And so my question is simply, Mother, Mother Natalia, um, what would you say is the greatest delight for you in the monastic life? And also, what is the greatest difficulty in the monastic life? Okay, thanks. Um, I think the greatest delight, I've been, I've been talking about this a lot recently. Uh, Father Michael and I just gave a talk yesterday for, was that yesterday? for God with us online. Um, And it's recorded if you want to see it uh, on hospitality. But it's um, one of the gifts. So in our Tipicon, our rule of life, um, which I've said time and time again on the podcast, but I would really encourage you um, to look at our Tipicon which is on the monastery's website um, and, and pray with it because in the East, it's on the About Us page, ChristTheBridegroom.org. Um, in the East, monasticism has always been seen as sort of a sliding scale of like everyone is called to um, some degree of monasticism to, to the extent that you can apply it within your, your state of life. Um, so pray with our Tipicon for sure. But in our Tipicon, in the part on um, celibacy, in the part on chastity, uh, we talk about how celibacy is not simply a renunciation of the marital embrace, I think is, is what it says. And that it's actually a, it's a freedom in order to, to be open to love all without exclusivity um, and to have on, our only exclusive, like particular and exclusive relationship to be with, with Christ as our bridegroom. Um, but to really open us up to be able to, to unconditionally love um, kind of a, a greater number of people. And so one of the greatest delights for me 
has been really learning to, this sounds so cheesy, but to really learning to see Jesus in each person that I encounter. Like I remember conversations I've had with Father Michael before in direction where I'm just like, Father Michael, like this man, I, I just met this like 80 year old man or whatever. And, um, and there wasn't even anything particular that he said or did, but I just like am overwhelmed by his beauty because it's just, you can just look at someone and just see Jesus. Um, and when, when he allows us that gift, it makes sense of everything. It makes sense of the renunciation because it allows us a very um, intimate encounter with him in each person that we meet. And that's been a great delight and something that I didn't expect in monasticism. Um, But it's something that we're all called to. Like we're all obviously called to see Jesus in each person um, and uh, celibacy um, frees us up to, to maybe do that uh, more quickly or more intensely, um, but that's a gift. The the most difficult thing I did a whole I did a whole podcast episode on this called um, "Whose Time Is It Anyway," which I thought was a very clever title. Um, <laughs> and I I right after recording it, I told all the nuns, and I was like, "Please laugh, please laugh, because this is amazing." Um, but the greatest difficulty for me is also one of the greatest gifts, which is the poverty of time. Like it becomes very clear very quickly at the monastery that your time is not your own. Um, and it was hard for me to no longer have the flexibility to just like call up a friend and be like, hey, let's go get a cup of coffee. Like Maggie is my hiking buddy. And um, I just t- tried to finally schedule hiking for April 23rd and like, it didn't work for her. Um, and Maggie's just going to make me cry myself to sleep tonight. So thanks a lot, Maggie. Anyways, I know I just, my time is not my own. Um, <laughs> so, so that's, that's really, really difficult. And the reason I say it's also one of the greatest gifts of monasticism is because this is true for all of us. Um, it's one of those things in, in which it's like, look at the monastics and see this and know that even if it doesn't feel like it, this is true for you too. Your time is not your own. Um, it's just that when you're in the world, it's a lot easier to trick ourselves into thinking that it is. Um, and so even though it's very difficult, the reason it's a gift is because it's like, I know that I'm not even self-deceiving in that way. I'm self-deceiving in lots of other ways, but not that way. Um, yeah, so. So if I could just do a quick follow-up comment. Um, you know, I, I've been out to the, the monastery, I think, uh, I don't know, several different times. And as you share about the greatest delight in monasticism for you, I, I reflect back on the times that I've been out there. And there, there's, I know, three of you from the monastery here. And when I go there, I feel like each one of you look at the people that are there on retreat or the people that visit you, and you look at us with the eyes of Christ. Mm. So... Thank you for that gift. It's precious. Thank you, Mark. One more? I think there was another. Please. I mean, anyone can leave at any point. Father Lukash, is this okay that we're still going? Is this okay, Father Lukash, that we're still going? Okay. Thank you. Father Michael, do you want to trade? Uh, That's okay. This is my podcast. Okay. Um, Hello. Um, Name? Um, the last time you went to, no, don't say that. Um, (laughs) um, your favorite feast of the year that's not Christmas or Easter 
and um, then your question. Okay, my name is Neil Brett, uh, president of the Altoona Johnstown uh, What God Is Not fan club. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you're like a city council member or something. And I'm like, oh no, we should have known your name. No, much more important. Oh yes. Um, <laughs> and favorite feast day? Oh, uh, oh, St. Patrick's Day. Oh. Yeah, yeah okay. we we do a whole thing in Johnstown. Um, but uh, first, I wanted to really thank you guys and thank God for the gift of you guys. Your podcast is amazing, so mm-hmm. thank you. Um, but my question is, uh, Chris, uh, Christopher West has 70 hair bands. Um, the 12 apostles had Jesus. How do you know when you're hearing the voice of God? For a scrupulous person like myself, uh, the discernment of spirits is pretty hard. How do you guys go about it, if you don't mind? Sure. Do you want to start, or do you want me to? Um, I'll start. Okay. Um, I, I think my, my first thought is that there should be a freedom in the discernment of spirits, and I, it, it's something. It's a it's a virtue that's acquired over a long period of time, and and some people and some people can do it really well, but it takes them a long time. Um, I think that, like anything, we have to be very willing to mess it up. And I know this is hard for the people that are more scrupulous, but to say, I'm going to learn by failing sometimes. I'm, I'm going to learn by, by, doing, by doing something, getting it not quite right, trusting that God's going to protect me. He's my foundation. He's my safety net as long as I continue to pray. Um, but, but there is something to say for my willingness to be weak and my willingness to, to not know how to do it right off the bat. You can see a theme here, right? Patience, perseverance. Um, God gave us 70 to 80 years for a reason. And, and, and we have all that time um, to, to grow, to become holy. Um, and so the, the, the mistakes that we make, the devil is gonna try to turn those into shame. You know, and we also, we also learn over time um, how to prevent that by calling upon Christ, relying upon him, clinging to him, um, et cetera. Um, but I, I, think, I think also there's a, a very basic tenant of when I start to, you know, one of the things I learned a long time ago was, was sit in the divine liturgy or in mass and, and remind yourself there's nowhere better I could be right now. This is, this, I, I'm here, Christ, God and man is together in the Eucharist in the church. Heaven and earth have met right here. Like this Eucharistic celebration is the best thing that, has and will ever happen. And then train myself to, to have a deep appreciation of that, to feel what that's like. And then I can use that in discernment going forward. So that feeling I have is the one I want because right now I'm doing the best thing I can be doing in the right place that I could be doing it. So I, I, I compare every other thing to this thing, to this experience of receiving the Eucharist and, and, and being in mass. And so that's one way to discern is we, we gotta train ourselves to, to, to feel what God wants us to do because in that moment we're doing it. Um, that, then just the, the, the basics of, is this making me deeply happy? Is this giving me a deep joy? And that's where I'm gonna mess up. Because I'm, I'm going to think the two things, I'm going to think that, oh, no, actually, that was a surface joy. I thought it was a deep joy, but it's actually only a surface joy. And then I learn, right? And, and, and we learn to apologize. We get really good at that. We get, we get really good at, at, at not only saying I'm sorry, but, but kind of um, resisting the shame the devil throws at us. Um, so I think those two things together is, is take what we know is good and what we know is bad. We can even train ourselves to say, when, if I've just gossiped, or some sin, if I've just committed some sin, let me feel 
like, let me feel the guilt in it. Not the shame, shame's always evil, but let me, let me feel, I've just hurt myself, hurt God and hurt somebody else. This is a feeling I don't want. And then I go to liturgy, I, I walk out of confession, this is the feeling I do want. Like that, that's a, a beautiful training. And then just then be patient with yourself and be willing to, to learn as you go so that you don't need to be perfect now. You can be perfect when you're 90 and you, and you have until then to get to that point. And God will, will be honing you all along the way. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, what, I, what I have to say is very similar. It's that, you know, I've, I've shared this many times, but we read in the Psalms that the Lord's voice is a voice that speaks of peace. Uh, and we also know that peace and joy are fruits of the Holy Spirit. And so really, it's, it's, I think, not just a matter of, you know, one of the, as I was discerning my vocation in particular, one of the conversations Father Michael and I often had was, it's, it's not just a matter of learning to discern particular things in particular moments. It's a matter of building the relationship with Jesus and having that foundation and then when the moments come, when the decisions come, it's like you have such a familiarity, you have such a clearness in relationship that, that you can intuit what he wants in this moment. Um, and because that's how it is, you know, like when, when a couple has been married for a long time, if, if one of them goes out and picks up dinner, like they don't usually have to call home and say, you know, what do you want me to pick up for you? Like they, they know what pleases their spouse. Um, and, and the same is true in the spiritual life. And so it's learning, it's building the relationship in order to know what that peace and joy are like, um, like Father Michael's talking about in the divine liturgy experience uh, and being able to kind of be on the lookout for that. And, but the other thing that I would say is the, the title of the, the podcast is, is very applicable here the, that very often the most um, helpful thing in discernment is knowing what God is not. Uh, and like Father Michael's saying, like God is, not, God is not shame and God is not despair and God is not confusion and he's not hatred. He's not any of these things. And so when the thoughts that we're having are, are in those realms, like that is not God. I, I remember an experience I had at um, speaking of Christopher West, we were at a Theology of the Body conference. The whole community was there. It was Theology of the Body and the Interior Life. And I'm sitting in prayer. I was really struggling with some stuff in community life at the time. And I'm sitting in prayer and I'm just, I'm hearing a lot of stuff at once um, in, in my mind as I'm praying. I'm hearing not like lots of different voices, but um, um, <laughs> Angela's here and she's a counselor and we maybe want to talk about this later. Um, so not, um, but I'm, I'm hearing a lot of different things and, um, and I was getting very confused by them because I knew that at certain points, the things that I was hearing were leading to a lack of charity towards my sisters and that I was like, a, a lot of the fruits were not good of what I was hearing. But the reason I was confused is because like some of the things were true and so there was truth in it. So, so I'm sitting there and I'm trying to discern. I'm trying to sort out what is truth and what is not. Like what is God and what is the devil? And I'm like really intent on figuring this out. And then at one point I just get this image in my mind of um, I'm like sorting through a big pile of cow poop because there are a few pieces of hay in there and I'm like trying to get the hay. And then standing right behind me is Jesus with just like stacks of hay. 
and um, and he he like taps me on the shoulder or something, um, and he's like, "Don't you think that I could give you the truth without making you sort through all of the stuff?" Um, and it was just very clear that it's like we don't even have to try to dialogue with the devil and figure out like what in here is from God. Um, he can speak to us through ways that are not the devil. Um, and yeah, so I don't know if that's helpful, but the devil's a jerk is the point of that. <laughs> Thank you. All right, uh, we should probably close it out. Um, we'll, we might need to make this two episodes. We'll split this one in half. <laughs> this will be two episodes. Um, all right, thank you all. We appreciate it. Um, thank you for the time coming out. Thank you for praying with us. We prayed Vespers uh, before we came out here. And that, that was, uh, I think, a, a great way to start. So great idea, Mother. She put together the books too. Uh, thank you, Father Lukash, for hosting us um, once again. Thank you all for coming out. Uh, prayer intentions? Let's do this right. Oh. Um, I'm going to ask for prayers for... Uh, Father Nathan Simeon and his family um, because he and I have been talking recently and I just love them a lot. And um, probably sometimes, Father Lukash, probably sometimes it's hard to be a married priest and have a family and <laughs> do all of that. So please pray for, for Father Nathan Simeon and his family. Um, he's, he's my assistant in my parish in Los Angeles. Yes. And uh, five, uh, a beautiful wife, five little daughters that, that bring reality to my life. Thank God having a real family on, on campus with me is wonderful. And Father Lukash, I think, was my last prayer request. So, um, okay. yeah. <laughs> um, I will ask you to pray for Hannah and her move. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was sharing her move. I, again, speak of family, moving, um, uh, things, uh, people, normal people needing needing real prayer. So uh, please pray for for Hannah as she gets on with her life, and um, she has a very very vulnerable life being uh, a military family. You do you move where you're sent, and you go where you're sent, and then the moments like that where we have very little control over our life are uh, are moments that we need prayer. So thank you. All right, uh, love you, mother. Thank you. Love I guess you. we should do the the spiel. I want you to do it, please. <laughs> I hate the spiel so much. Finish with finish with vulnerability and embarrassment. You mean awkwardness? Um, please. Oh, I'm now sure they'll all see my I'm, face I'm, I'm when I do this it the whole time. Stop! Too. Stop! Stop! Stop it! Um, please. Um, you can find us on Instagram, which you probably know if you're watching this video right now. And the we have a website, whatgodisnot.com. Um, so if you're not on social media, then that's the place to go when things happen like this live episode and you want to know about it. Um, we have a Goodreads where we share books that we're reading and books that you're reading. And you can, there's like discussions that happen there. And uh, there's, um, Father Michael has a Twitter, which is at Padre Michael O. Um, you picked such a long Twitter handle. <laughs> is that what it's called, a handle? Yeah. Uh, something like the avatar or something, yeah. Um, and then... It's not nearly as long as under the fig tree. <laughs> Um, and there are things that I'm forgetting. Wait, just give me a second. I will get them. Our nonprofit, Fotina, the website is fotina.org. Um, if you want to email us, you can do so at whatgodisnotpodcast at gmail.com. We don't usually share that, but that's, please do that. As I was sharing earlier, that's a great delight when you email. There's one I forgot. 
do the liking and the rating and the commenting on the things. Um, YouTube. YouTube. But the liking and the stuff. I think that's good enough. Thank You're you. sufficiently <laughs> awkward. Um, all right. Uh, let me give a blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, have mercy on you. May our Lord give you, as you listen, on those who are present, his blessings may be receptive to the grace in every way he gives it. May you grow in virtue, in the discernment of spirits, the appreciation of your vocation, um, in your receptivity to the guidance of the church in her typicon, in her liturgical life, um, in your understanding and your recklessness in prayer. May our Lord allow you to be the evangelizers, his hands and his voice in this world in whatever way he wills. May our Lord also grant you great humility in all of this, humility that brings true confidence. Um, and in this confidence, may he lead you to a, a true and a real joy that it can only come from him. May our Lord give you everything you need, even the salvation of your soul. May the Lord bless all of you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.